Today on our show, it's a big old beard inspired by the likes of Raul Dahl and Shel Silverstein and Neil Gaiman. It's a book that I just love. Of the show where we talk about the comics and graphic novels worth having on your shelf. I'm Taylor Trask. I'm Todd A. And uh, we're going to try to keep <clears throat> this intro a little bit more on track this time, Todd. If you listen there, to other past than episode. last week. Well, in the interim, we have decided that what our listenership really needs is more mouth sounds. So, That's right. like, especially like wet or like wet mouth sounds for sure. Um, uh-huh. Maybe maybe some chewing, you know, mm-hmm. a little. I don't know. Snack, My the snack the snack I've chosen is not very crunchy, so you're just gonna hear like sort of soft, you know, raisins and dried fruits being eaten. I hope that is really appealing to everybody. I should start an ASMR channel on YouTube, basically. It's the fine quality programming we will soon be asking for your contributions for through our yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly new audience <laughs> donation system. What did you pay you? for this? <laughs> <Nothing>. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna eat while we're recording. We're you really. Are half-assing <laughs> preparation on these last couple episodes i'm sorry well it's not the preparation we know what books we're going to talk about True. we know all Good that point. we Good just point. we have to be uh, loose keep it loose. yeah it's just very loose well on the last episode i talked about um visiting recently portland which is the mother city of comics in my opinion it's everything is there uh so many publishing companies image is based there many other things are based there some of the best creators are there and then like the best shops in all the country in the same two square miles are all there and it's just it's unbelievable so i can't help but stopping by and grabbing some stuff my favorite thing is to stop by um bridge city comics shout out to them they're up on mississippi um and then getting you know getting a a a nice stack of unique things and bridge city is great because i've never seen curation quite like theirs it's 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 stuff you know, but it's so much other stuff. Imagining you know, imagine them trying to have you know fill a whole shelf of drawn and quarterly stuff, but with limited space. Oh um, you know, and so it's like that. But they have all these crazy, cool, interesting. It's just it is like the best curated bookshelf I think I've ever seen as a store. So I grab some stuff there, and then I I go down uh, a block to a beautiful little bourbon whiskey bar called Sidecar Eleven. Shout out to them, also on Mississippi. And I sit there and I drink my bourbon and i read my my books God, that and it sounds is like heaven it is very much so if you want to see a picture of it go to my instagram account at uh by taylor trask b-y-t-a-y-l-o-r-t-r-a-s-k go find that uh, look at that i may repost that on panelism too Sweet. so i i do, do you, this at this oh, point are you bringing an extra bag to carry home all the books you buy or do you ha- do you feel like you have to stay minimal I, I need to say minimal. Shop. Otherwise, I will. I will do that. I will fill that bag. I mean, like right, the only right. thing holding me back is the fact that I have limited space. Otherwise, I'd blow more money than I would ever care to admit, or that my wife would <laughs> would allow without really giving me shit. So, like, I, uh, you know, I have to. And, and frankly, like, it it makes it all the more fun because then you have to you have to really decide and you can, you're some kind, sometimes you're just like tossing a coin essentially. Cause you've got like six things. You can only take two or three. Um, what do you do? Case, 
I, I got a, I got another. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, I, the, like a technical, tactical question here. When you're in that book, in that bookstore, you're overwhelmed by all mm-hmm. these books you want to get. How do you remember the ones that you are not taking home? Ah, you mean like for later, or like yeah. when you're going to check out? Because I, I tend to for, just put for them later. Home. Oh, for later. Uh, you know, some of them I don't. Um, mm. it, it, I, that store in particular, I guess all the Portland stores, but that store in particular just really um, invites you to just roll the dice. And, you know, it, it's sort of the, the moment, that single moment you're going to pick, you're going to find some stuff and you just don't you know, let let the other stuff just fall just because it was an ephemeral yeah. kind of thing. You get what I'm saying? Like if yeah, it's yeah. not one of those stores where I would want to like, because otherwise I would write down the entire store. Like, right. you know, it's like, it's not going, oh, I have four or five things I, I couldn't decide on. It's like, I have 50 things I could buy, but I just, I, yeah. the economics of it just don't it dictate. I can't. So it's right. like, I can't write them all down. What is that going to be like? And that's every time I'm in there. So it's, yeah. it's more, <laughs> you know, if there's something that I was really super duper torn about, I would, but that hasn't happened yet. Um, right. It's like, they're yeah. all equally good. You're not yeah. missing out on something else. You know, you're going to enjoy whatever you're taking home. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. So, yeah, I highly encourage if you if you're interested in uh, just like Todd said, heaven, you go go <laughs> there. Pardon me. And then stop by Sidecar 11 and then just let the let the night flow on. So this a, is the, one of the books I, I bought there. Perfect. Yeah, that's where I was going. Uh, you yeah, were, yeah. Did you say you were taking home two? Uh, I brought home a couple things. Oh, OK. <laughs> perfect. Well, uh, you, here, do you want you want to know here? Let me just go through my my it won't take long. Um, there is, uh, there are two volumes of a graphic novel or a trade paperback called, um, Lady Mechanica. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I got volume three and volume five and I just, for some reason, they just, their positioning of them on the shelves. They are really good at sort of highlighting really cool things like this. So I just, it caught my eye, flipped through it, seemed really interesting. Um, so I, these are a little cheaper. So I grabbed these and then I took, um, latest, I, for some reason was missing, uh, powers of X four, so I grabbed that, uh, grabbed uh, issue three of an amazing series called Second Coming, which I think at some point we will definitely talk about more once it's, I think, to a trade. And then strangely, I was I was going through their singles uh, issues, and there's, you know, Doctor Who has a comic that's always ongoing that sort of is a companion storyline to the actual show. And I was flipping through, and there are two issues of the latest Doctor Who where she meets the Corsair. From and if you're watching, if if you're a show watcher, like that will mean something to you. But like she actually meets the Corsairs, so I'm like, well, shit, I got to get those two. And then <laughs> to cap it off, there's a a independent uh, series called Coin Op that is, I think it's all Portland based, and it's amazing. And every time I'm there, they have different volumes, but it is, uh, you know, they they sort of, uh, it's like a limited vinyl release, so they put the they actually number the uh, your your edition in the back, like number oh, wow. one ninety. 188 to 500, but it is um, the covers are unbelievable. They're just amazing, like graphic art. And then inside is just it's one of those series that it's kind of like a, it's kind of like Island. There's like a different little vignette, um, but it all sort of kind of fits together. And this particular one was coin op number six called the Last Great Time. Um, so that was my stash. And then to cap it off, the sort of my, and this was it's so hilarious how this happened. I was I was checking out. And I was just like, I felt like there's something else. I, I need, I need, just need something else. I, this isn't quite the, you know, it's not the full complete stop at Bridge City. And I was kind of just looking around, and this book just randomly caught my eye, and I pulled it out, and I was like, oh my god, I remember seeing this 
like I think it was in Comics Vine or some, one of those sites had done like a review of it be, you know, in that stupid way. They review the book before it actually comes out. Right. And it's like, what, what am I meant to do with this? Like, I want it now and it's not available. <laughs> like, what do you, you're selling me without giving me the thing. And I'm like, well, you can pre-order. I'm like, no, it's not, no. Anyway, this had been in one of those reviews. And so I remember seeing it and I pulled it. I was like, holy crap. And I just, I, you know, I kind of just flipped through it, maybe two or three pages. It was like, you know what? No, this looks cool. Um, we're just going to go for it. And it's called The Gigantic Beard That Was Evil by Stephen Collins. <laughs> and I, this is, I mean, uh, uh, you know, bless the podcast, but this is one of those times where saying the name without seeing the cover really doesn't <laughs> bring the listener along. Yeah, no, it is I a mean, black and white. Cover. It's black and white draw, art in a black and white cover. And it's, yeah, it is a gigantic black beard like a Rasputin beard um, attached to a very little face at the top. And it's, it's got this just very, you know, in your face, white font. nine tenths of the height of the cover is just beard (laughs) beard. Yeah. And it stretches around the back and like curls around and stuff. It's like an ocean of beard. Um, And it's just, so it's, it's just, it's a stark, stark, stark cover. The, the font, you know, the font is just like, it's, it looks like dun, 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 the gigantic beard that was even yours. It has this sort of like, kind of interesting menace to it. But then I, re- I flipped around the back and this really does sell the book fairly well. It says the job of the skin is to keep it all in. That's the sort of log line <laughs> on the Island of here. Living's easy. Conduct is orderly. Lawns are neat. Citizens are clean shaven. And Dave is the most fastidious of them all. Dave is bald, but for a single hair, he loves drawing his desk job and the bangles. But one fateful day, his life is upended by an unstoppable yet pretty impressive beard. And then it goes on to say an offbeat fable worthy of Roald Dahl and Tim Burton. The gigantic beard mm. that was evil is a darkly funny meditation on life, death, and what it means to be different. And a timeless ode to the art of beard maintenance. Um, <laughs> I will say right out of the gate, the Roald Dahl uh, oh. reference is absolutely on point. Yeah, I didn't think Tim Burton so much as Neil Gaiman. I'm like, well, this is if Neil I Gaiman was it. to write a Roald Dahl book, this is what it would kind of be. And I didn't think of either of those. I thought Shel Silverstein. Oh God, even better. Yeah, totally in that in his realm. It's exactly the kind of thing this is. Shel Silverstein, Roald Dahl, yeah, all of that. So definitely that sells it. It's I like you know I like as I'm building my collection. Uh, I like getting books that are all ages. Um, that don't speak down to kids, and but you know can be accessible oh. at their level, but also have something profound and meaningful. And it's they're kind of rare and, and few and far between. I would say Tale of Sand is definitely one of those where I think a kid could read it and, and get something out of it. Um, you know, a doll could read it, get something out of it. Uh, I'm just looking at my shelf for another example. It's well, hard when it's what, this. is this one of those where if you're an adult, you you're getting a different message than a kid reading it. Is it like, um, is the kid seeing the silliness and enjoying that, but the adult is getting something more? I'll even split kid up and say, I think a, I think a five or six year old could read this and get one thing. I think a 12 to 13 year old could read this and get a very oh, different thing. And wow. I think an adult could some, get something even different too. It's, it's even at that level, um, you know, cause on one, you know, to a, to a five or six year old, it's just a, a story you know, about a, just a funny beard. You know, you're not right. thinking at a, at a level deeper than that. Um, 12 to 13 year old might sort of, sense some of the just uh the ideas of loneliness and conformity and trying you know trying to stay safe while 
you know, dealing with sort of, uh, you know, the chaos of your life. And mm. I think adults will embrace those themes really easily and, and go further. I mean, it's, there's, you can get into a lot of sub a lot of subtext about what this is about or could be about. I think it, it's mm. uh, it, it's a mirror that you can hold up a lot of different things to and, uh, and kind of see it in that lens. I don't know if it was deliberately written in any particular, you know, with any particular sensibility. I'll, I'm sure there was some, um, but it's just, it's, it's generalized quite a bit, but it's, it's, it is, I mean, definitely is a giant metaphor. Um, it's interesting too. Cause like he listens to the bangles, like it, it you can almost turn this into a right. really great, like Wes Anderson indie film. Um, cause it kind of has a little of that sensibility to it too, where you know, the, the song, uh, 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 eternal flame, like is constantly playing in the background and they use it to great effect. Like there's a couple times where you turn the page and it goes you know, like you hear the click and then you see, you know, close your eyes, give me a, you're like, you see that playing, you know, like in the speech bubbles, like behind them. So you can just, you in, instantly in your head are playing that song while you're reading this and it works really well. Like, it's just, it's kind of got this, I don't know, just this Wes Anderson-y kind of charm to it that could be interesting. Right. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't try to adapt it as an animated little short. Um, it'd be crazy. So it is very much, it, general storyline is there's this guy named Dave and it's it's clear he lives in a world kind of like Soft City, uh, that book I've read I've reviewed before, yeah. which is very you know it's called Here and it's this sort of island and it's just everything is very you know 1990s suburban America, just very you know, very clean and prim and proper and you know all very safe and everything. Um, and they even lives on the co the coastline, but all the houses have their um, the back sides completely without any windows and nobody like the coastline is actually the least desirable like the the they're sort of the cheap houses because nobody wants to live to the coast because <laughs> the coast that you know the sea is what separates here from there and there is this scary terrible place that nobody mm. wants to touch and there was like one guy who went to there one time and there's this whole like horror story about how his, his insides were turned inside out and time broke down so he was never and he just and all, he just he broke down so much he just wasn't anything anymore and so you're like, oh, okay. So then that scared the hell out of everybody, everybody in here to never go to there. So Dave, you know, he gets up every day. He does his, his regular job. He, he goes through the motions, very Truman Show kind of like. He, he goes to bed and he, he loves drawing. And so he sits in his at his window during all his spare time and he draws all the people walking by and how and he's just drawing these like uniform cookie cutter people. You're just going about their lives. Everything is very manicured. Well, one day for reasons that I don't want to get into too much, but like he discovers, and he's always had this like one single hair in his like bald head. Like he wears a toupee and everything. He's just got this like one little chin hair. It starts to grow and he starts to get stubble and he starts to like basically grow a beard and it's freaking everybody out because everybody's, you know, look is completely uniform. Nobody has facial mm. hair. You know, it's just, it's almost, it's kind of like North Korea. It's just like everybody gets to choose from like one of four haircuts and it's, it's just, you know, cause conformity and this sort of very safe utopian suburban life is kind of what everybody does. So to see a guy with facial hair running around is very scary. It keeps growing. No matter what he does, he tries to blow tor torch it off. Like he has a specialist come in to chop it off. It just keeps growing back as thicker and as full as before. And it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And everybody's like, you know, he's like a celebrity. Like everybody's coming by his house to like check it out. Like he's the focus of this like documentary that's that's being filmed. <laughs> everybody's like 
like what is it we've never seen this before like what are we going to do and like the government's trying to weigh in on like what they do and they, they have all these different solutions that ultimately fail well interestingly while this is all going on the world starts to change because now that um you know now that all these people go to his house to watch him that's less you know, like that's one less thing that's happening in the other, you know, it, the, the system, the perfectly balanced system starts to break down. So then it's like, oh, those people aren't going to work anymore. So then the the jobs that they had don't get going to get done. And then like they trace it all the way to the fact that like people aren't um, uh, they're not watering their lawns anymore. So then the lawns grow and then just all these different things happen. So like like what's a very perfectly calibrated life um like like entropy starts to kind of set in and the system starts to get unbalanced and you know because there's less oh i know what they they tie it to they eventually have to hire all the gardeners to come uh trim the beard and because there's <laughs> less because there's less gardeners um there you know the plants start to grow and like and then they eventually have to call, bring in the uh the all the hairdressers and like you know, and like people who cut hair to cut the beard so then people's hair starts to grow and so everybody starts to style their hair differently and it's just like it creates all these knock-on effects and so, here becomes very <laughs> diversified and very interesting all of a sudden and even people are like moving to the, the coastline so all this is happening through this this the idea of this guy's beard that just keeps growing and what does it do and then it all I don't want to spoil the ending because there's it, there's a there's definitely a solution and there's it's very interesting what happens and then it really asks some kind of open-ended questions about you know about you like how did you what do you think about this and what you should you know what should you take away from this and it just it leaves in this wonderful <laughs> kind of think space that's that's you know you almost want to read it again and it it is um, you know I, again I take something away than a, a younger person might this feels like a really pointed critique of socialism. There's a, a command economy that did not account for individualism. And when an individual is different, the entire economy had to shift to take care of that individual's needs because they could not adapt. You know what? That That is a layer that I didn't consider, but is just as valid as any of the other ones you could put into this. Like that, you know, that's that's interesting. Well, I mean, it does. I could see that totally working. It does sound like one of those subversive kind of Shel Silverstein uh, <laughs> books where you're like, wait, I don't think he's talking about what the title of this poem is, you know? You know what? That's now that you've said that, I'm going to reread it with exactly that in mind. Like if the Shel Silverstein had written this in a slightly subversive tone, would this, I mean, ooh. it would be about orgies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's, I don't it's know what Shel Silverstein wrote about. In, um, the, the art, though, is um, is really cool. It's a lot of uh, really well done pencil drawings, but he um, he subverts the grid very, very. I think the, the the bigger thing is just how he uses the grid to tell the story. Yeah. Um, it is all kinds of different uh, you know styles and methods, and I've never seen so many different. It's like, almost like he took that um, that uh, uh, oh Dan McCloud or Scott McCloud. Uh, oh, right, right, like how to read comics. How or, to understand comics? Yeah. yeah, it's like he almost took that and like literally did all of the examples for yeah. grid structure, which is kind of cool. But there's one drawing in particular where the beard has gotten exceptionally huge, and he's showing it from like uh, the point of view of the street, and it's just it is. You know, like we're talking skyscraper huge, and it's just he managed to catch just with pencil, just a really kind of I, I would say trippy atmospheric kind of aesthetic that I was like I I don't know how you're doing this. Like he actually captures like like almost like a lens flare. Um, oh wow! In pencil and it's really freaking cool. So 
art is really it, it kind of surprises you, but he it's very very smart in how he uses. This is like what and always monochrome, always black always and white, monochrome, and grays, yeah. yeah. But it's almost like you get the sense like I could give this to a five year or six year old and they would get it because right. it's it's just a very long version of an excellent kids book. You know, it's yeah. not eight or nine pages; it's you know two hundred pages, but it's. It, a kid, a small child, wouldn't have a problem with this, and then like a you know a tw- ten to or ten to thirteen year old will think it's cool because it's you know it's stuff that you're used to, but it's you could you could feel the message or at least understand some of the metaphor at that point. Right. Um, and as an adult, it's just it, it hits all the right notes. Yeah, I mean, I am just like so amused going through the art <laughs> on Google, and uh, yeah, the way it captures that like. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm sorry to use the word again, but it's, it's, uh, uh, simple to understand, but also subversive. And like, yeah. you know, it's, you can tell there's something else going on there. It's, yeah. this is oh, not 100%. like just looking at it, even though it looks simple and like, there's a couple panels that just look like the far side or something, uh-huh. but it, there's like something lurking there where it doesn't, <laughs> you just know, like, no, nah, there's something else under the surface here. Yeah. Um, and, but the, and like I said, though, that can be, that's very open to interpretation. So, well, and is that, I mean, you get the feeling that that's intentionally. So like, it's not like the author is, is truly trying to suggest a specific thing. It's not, it's generalized enough where if, mm. if he was like, you guys didn't get it. It's like, well, you dude, you've left it very open. And I could, I could put five or six different meanings on this and they would all be valid. Right. Uh, and I don't want to, I don't want to say too much about that. I want people to kind of enjoy it as they would. Uh, and you could even read it too, just as a story and take nothing in terms of symbolism or metaphor. That's fine too. But it's, it's very hard to do that. Like it's clear. It is definitely clear. Something is, is being communicated through this. That's deeper. Um, now, I would say that one of the things about like, like Silverstein or, um, uh, almost Dr. Seussian in that nature. Like, I, I don't know that, well, I'm going to take Dr. Seuss out of that in Silverstein. I, Sometimes the the character is meant to represent something or um, you don't feel like there's a three dimensional person from our world in this story. But whereas like Roald Dahl, I think is very three dimensional. Like, you know, those mm. are like you felt like those are real human characters in really wacky circumstances. Uh, where does this fall on that spectrum? You know, oh, is this merely so an, said that. an analog or allegory or is it? really personal no it's definitely the former um definitely Mm -hmm. these are not this is not a three-dimensional character at all it's very much a i mean this guy could be anybody it's gotcha yeah so there's no it's not like you 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 learn and you you kind of get his um you know here's here's his life and then you get attached to his family it's just it's like here's his day it's it's always this you know truman show and Right. Let's go, and then the can the conceit begins. The hair the hair begins to grow. Yeah. So it's, um, you mean you kind of do the fact that he likes the bangles and he's kind of got this. I I, str- I went back and forth with who I thought would voice him in like the animated movie, <laughs> and it's like you know at one point Nick Offerman's voice popped in because it's just he kind of there's <laughs> of just course. kind of this matter of of fact frankness about some of his dialogue, but then it was. You know, I kind of almost had like an Alan Rickman kind of vibe too at, at certain points, and not because he's oh, got a black God. beard, but just because he's got sort of a just kind of a melancholy, just Britishness to him. Um, that he'll well, just say things that it's just you're, only a Brit could could get away with saying it that way. Before the beard starts growing, does he look like all the other denizens of this uh, of here? Yes, except okay. for that one little hair. Gotcha. That's just always been there. 
And yes, they it, it rhymes like that quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, he's he looks just like them. He's you know he even gets his little toupee so that he fits in because otherwise he'd be bald. So like he's you know he's doing everything he can to be a, a good little worker bee. Oh my gosh, I got to tell you one of the most uh, delightful things I've stumbled across in Google searching for images of this book is that apparently to promote it they made a giant standee like the size of a person mm-hmm. with one of those head cutouts. <laughs> Oh, neat. So it is the it is the cover of the book, and then you could put your own head in it and take a selfie. That's great. <laughs> it's amazing. Like there's a uh, a picture that's easy to find that's on Goodreads that uh yeah of someone like at a bookstore with their head through this. Well, that's a great uh, point too because I want to sh- give a shout out to the publisher, which is Picador, who I had not heard of before, but they're a subsidiary of Macmillan of Macmillan, and seem to be doing a lot of these kinds of things, almost like a. You know, a more literary drawn and quarterly. Uh, they, just, mm. they seem to have a lot of kind of quirky illustrative books like this. Um, the, the I think it's only available in hardcover. Uh, definitely get it in this format. I if it ever pops up on on Comicsology, eh, you, you don't. It just it wouldn't work. You need both the tactile uh quality because it's pencil drawing you know anytime you get like that pencil kind of drawing feeling like you want to touch the paper it's on quite a bit and then you really your brain needs to take in the symmetry like there's i'm looking at one particular pair of pages uh side by side and on the left hand side i wish i could even screenshot it it's imagine him on a subway and he's got that three three dimensional perspective, so that stretches out through what's just a normal like regular grid. But then the the page beside it, the perspective of the panel shifts too. So mm. it's it comes together in this really cool way. But you would never get this on on Comicsology or Guided right. like Absolutely would ruin the experience. So you yeah. definitely grab it as a hardcover published book. It's it is meant for that, and I appreciate that fact. Yeah, and just um, uh. This is also one of those rare books where I feel like I I, sometimes when you bring in a book that I'm not familiar with, I hesitate looking purely at images of it. I I go more for the Wikipedia page to sort of get some biographical data on it. Um, But this is one where it's I don't feel like it's spoiling anything for me to see all these images. And so if anyone is at all intrigued by this, just Google image the gigantic beard that was evil and you will you'll you'll get such a great sense of exactly what Taylor's talking about. Like I'm seeing those, those, you know, I'm seeing the panels split up in all these interesting ways, as well as like how the drawing spreads across different panels so that you can tell in guided view, this would be garbage. You know, it's yeah, like, absolutely. you've got to see, yeah, it's, it is one complete image composed of individual panels um, in some of the examples. And it just, yeah, it's like, I, I have no idea what order any of these images appear in and it's not ruining anything for me. Like I just want to go read this. Yeah. I highly recommend it. And I recommend going to Stephen Collins, illustration.com where he's got other stuff and he's just, uh, I really kind of want more at his point of view now after, after going through this and I've already seen some other, like he's uh, written a book called baby's first bank heist uh, or he's rather illustrated it, I think. So he's got other stuff going on that's very interesting so i i hope to see more from him and frankly if it would love to see more like this could this could be a drawn and quarterly book although it does have sort of its you know kind of a, a broader literary sort of feel to it too uh it kind of reminds me of you know um that book uh here the uh 
have I talked about here on this podcast? Yes. It's just that it's that it's the exact point of view of a house over like a billion yes. years. Yeah, yeah. Oh so my gosh, you talked about like, this before we were even labeling the episodes with the books in them, I think. That's right. Yeah. Well, I can I can cover it in a future episode or even like a little yeah, do like it. mini summation. But like um it, it feels like that. We're like this could be you sold at an art gallery in a, in addition to just being a cool thing in a comic shop. Um, so definitely you, you know, try to find a store. You, uh, if your comic shop doesn't have it, maybe check Barnes and Noble. That's local to you too. And if not Amazon, all the good stuff, but definitely check it out. The gigantic beard that was evil. Gosh, I, I love you bringing this in. Um, I hope you will post some pictures on our Instagram, um, which is panelism.inc. And that is also the name of our website. So you can go to panelism.inc and find ways to subscribe to this podcast and listen. Um, we do this every week on new comic book day. Uh, man, I, once again, you've brought a book that I covet so much and I have no shelf space. I know that's getting to be the problem. I mean, you, your previous episode, your, your Batman Superman, I'm, it, I, uh, and it's Jay Lee, as we've discussed on that episode. Yeah. And so it's like, I struggle pulling that up on comiXology because i'm like well i'm gonna want to own it as yeah. well so it's it, but you're right the shelf space is becoming a bit of a of an issue i uh yeah. well and we've talked about how and i i hope we've said this in the show but i know you and i offline have said this for sure which is like we feel about drawn and quarterly books like they have to be owned in a physical oh god format. Yeah. i don't even know if they exist in digital i assume they do but like they're just beautiful and they and they, there's such a feel to them and this to me looks like one of those yeah you know yeah, yeah. definitely yeah it's, it's just like i, I, I wish do I'd... see it's available on kindle but oh god yeah. uh, what does that what know, could that even be like it, don't do it don't don't even do it. <laughs> it's just it's i uh, i mean maybe i was gonna say maybe if you had an ipad pro and you could turn it so that it was like the two-page open you know, like open with the spine and, and maybe that would work but then you'd still feel like it was just a bad facsimile for having the... You yeah. want to touch those pencil drawings. Like, yeah. it's, it's not the same without touching that paper. Because you almost think like it was somebody's sketchbook they just kind of left behind over you know over time, and you're just looking at it. Yeah. So, God, yeah, I, I love it too. Get it, grab it. Uh, we'll have more to come uh, on the next episode. Until then.